0: who loves a good roller coaster I mean, a few, oh yes thank you a few people <laughs> some love them some don't love them so much you know if you go down to dream world or movie world or they've got some amazing things down there they keep adding new ones every couple of years that are more and more scary that are just really freak you out totally and so on I remember as a kid uh, down in Melbourne going to, to something. It was a roller coaster, but not the sort of one that where they're all joined together. Just the individual carriages, but it was way up high in the air, and it was it was really. And what hap- what it was like is there was a couple of people in the carriage, like you're just there, and there's this little. It's called was called the the Mad Mouse. I still remember it, and uh, we went up in this. Anyone ever been on the Mad Mouse? Because they go all over the place, you know. Anyway, so you're getting this little carriage thing. You're sitting there. And the wheels, are like there's two little sets of wheels, but they're kind of behind you. And it's not, the wheels are there somewhere and you're sitting here. And it's not that the up and down, the thing is the, the right angle bends are the problem. Because they take you up about, you know, I don't know, 100 feet in the air or 30 meters in the air. Then you're going along and all of a sudden there's a right angle bend. But the trouble is because the wheels are behind you, you're right off the rails before you start to turn. And you think, that's it, my number is up, I'm, I'm dead meat. I'm just... You get go, you're going along and then you all of a sudden you're off the edge and then all of a sudden it flicks you to the left or the right, you know. So I never forgotten that. <laughs> it was so freaky, you know. But you know what? Life is a little bit like that. Life has a lot of ups and downs that we all experience through our lifetime, and we've got to be able to negotiate that and and work out. Sometimes you know we're we're you know in the heights we're doing okay. Sometimes we're we're on the way down and things aren't looking so good, but. I want to share with you this morning from a passage from Psalm 119 that is all about human experience and the ups and downs that we have in life, but it's also about getting a love for God's Word. In fact, the whole of Psalm, those of you who are Bible students will know that the whole of Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the whole Bible, is all about the Word of God, God's Word, God's covenant with us, God's laws, God's precepts. God's judgments it keeps on using different words to describe God's words to us and it's all about loving God's word uh, you know and and receiving it into your heart and letting it change you in your life so uh, we're going to get right into it and I want to say friends wherever you're at right now wherever you are today God has something to say to you today through this because uh, we're going to have a look at eight little verses or seven verses from from Psalm 119 today starting right at the top, we're at the top. This, this is starting at the top, and then we're going to go down, and we're going to come back up again, okay? So just got to stick with it. Put your seatbelt on and stick with it. The first, from Psalm 119, 105, up on the screen, and it says, By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. You might recognize this as your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself, and I'll never turn back from living by your righteous order. I read that a few weeks ago, and I thought, you know, that's such a powerful statement. When you say, you know, I'm absolutely committing myself. I'm totally focused, and I'm committed on God's Word in my life. When you start saying that, it makes a difference. We'll come back to that in a moment. You know, one of the best things in life is to know where you're actually going, I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand if you if you know where you're going, but I, I can tell you this, and you know what I'm saying. If you if you know where you're going in life, it's a great thing. And guess what? A lot of people don't really know where they're going. I'm not talking about life after death here. I'm just talking about in life, talking about the the things we go through in life, and you know where am I? Where is my life heading? It's a great thing to know where you're going, and where it says y- your word. Your words, they are a a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. There's there's two things there where it says a lamp to my feet. It's like those little footlights. You know when you go to the theater and you're walking up the steps and they've got little lights down just on the steps so you can just see where you're going. That's what it says. When it says a lamp for my feet, what it's talking about is the very next step that I'm going to take. I can see it right there. And the next one, I can see it because he's illuminating... The next step that you take in your life, like that decision that you have to make today or tomorrow, or you know, the ne- the very next thing you're doing in the very near future, and then it says a light to my path. It's talking about illuminating the long range distance, like you know driving nighttime driving, and you need those massive big you know floodlights or spotlights to see where you're going and to keep keep running not avoid running into hoppers and things that come along when you're driving at night. So. The Word of God, he's saying here, it helps me today and helps me in my long-range planning and where I'm going. And what I'm sharing with you this morning, friends, is an encouragement to get into the Word of God and let it work in your life and let it filter right into your heart. And the next verse is, I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. Oh, I just just love that concept um, because I know how powerful it is when when i you know make a decision about something and you begin to articulate it when you make a commitment i have sworn and confirmed that i will keep your righteous judgments our confessions friends are powerful very powerful because they reinforce the decisions that we make you know you make a decision now i'm assuming it's a good decision or a right decision decision and it, and it's and it's a, a good confession that you make there are some people who go through life Rehearsing everything that's going wrong in their life, or everything that's going wrong with other people, but I'm talking about making a positive confession. You know, saying how good God is, declaring God's grace and God's power and God's blessing in your life. When, when you spend your life conf- confessing and making a positive confession of God in in your life, it becomes powerful in your heart. Every time you say "I will," it does something for you orients you towards God, towards God and his word for his help. But I I, I want us to to recognize here today, friends, whilst that's true, what I've just said is true, we need to understand that God's commitments to us are far more powerful and concrete and rock solid than the commitments that we make. Because, you know, we make commitments, don't we? Do we? We... we, (laughs) We make commitments in life. We say, "Yes, I'm going to do this. I will do that." You know what? When God says to you, "When God says I will," to you, you can be sure that He will. When God says I will, then He will. When I say I will, what that means is, I'm going to give it a good shot. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to do the best I can to do what I said I would do. And I think that's a great thing, you know. We we, make, we have these phrases in life, don't we, that we use to uh, assert our, or to give confidence to our assertions, and we and we say things like, that person or his word is his bond. You heard that phrase? A person who is uh, really trustworthy, his word is his bond, or or that person is fair dinkum. You know, they'll they'll whatever they say, that's what they're going to do, right? We say those things, but you know, my commitments are 100% to the, to the extent that I can or within, but I'm fallible. And so are you. We are not God. I hope that's not a surprise to anybody here. You're not God. And so we make commitments and we do our best. God's commitments to you. He does not fail. God does not fail us. Um, I've got something I wanted to show you here. I want to say to you, friends, don't put your trust wholly in anything that you are doing or your commitments. Put your trust wholly in Jesus. Put your trust in Him. He never fails. By all means, make commitments and make commitments to God. Every day I probably say, God, you know, I'm committing myself to you. I'm, I'm not saying don't do that, but understand that His word and His truth and His purposes don't fail. They don't fail. Um, a long time ago, when our children were quite young, I I dug this out of my filing cabinet. I found this in my filing cabinet a while ago. I got this old school filing cabinet. I know people don't have filing cabinets these days. I, I think I said before, it's look, it's a big steel box that people put bits of paper in, right? So, but I've actually got, I've actually got two of them. Believe it or not. One day, okay, one day they'll be gone, I know, but I still got them at the moment, okay? And I dug this piece of paper out that I had a long time ago down at Stanthorpe, and it's got... We were doing a scripture memorization thing every day with our children, you know, at breakfast time, after breakfast. we. And I wrote this out. This is part of Psalm 37. And we were memorizing the whole of Psalm 37, and uh, that that was a really good thing. And uh, not only that, but I, I determined myself. I also had these other ones that I, that I laminated. I made it, which are also other scripture memorization cards that I made up, you know, for my own personal scripture memorization. And I made these other ones up as well for, like, bookmarks, you know. And they're all from the book of... In fact, it's the whole of the book of Ephesians on here um, because... I was memorizing, my, in myself personally, memorizing the whole of the book of Ephesians. Now, I didn't get there, okay? I, I didn't quite achieve that. But the point is this. I, I just want to say, someone could say, oh, that must have you know, made a real difference in your life. Well, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. But it doesn't mean to say that things can't go wrong, that the wheels can't fall off at some points in your life. Because we can get us, we can get the word of God in our heart, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's a foundation to build your life on. What we need to do is understand that that God is eternal, and and He is the one that never fails. And we can, you know, we can get as much of God in our life as we can. Things might still go wrong. What happens is that's when you've got to really prove your connection to God and your relationship with Him, and prove the faithfulness of God in those moments, in those times. And I want to talk this morning for a few moments. about. See, I can say this morning now. Is that good? I'll probably say this morning a hundred (laughs) times. I want to talk to you this morning about when the wheels fall off, okay? Because sometimes they do. And in this passage that we're looking at, Psalm 119, it talks about when the wheels fall off. Everything's falling apart on me, God. He's just been... You know, saying how good it is to know God and his word. And then he's saying, hey, guess what? God, everything's falling apart. And if you're falling apart today, I've got some good news for you in a few moments. Everything's falling apart. God, put me together again with your word, with your word. Friends, I want to say to you this morning, it's okay to not be okay. For a number of reasons, which I'm going to come to in a moment also. And even when we think we're okay, even if everything's going okay for you and you think, you know what, this is okay. I'm doing okay right here. We're not 100% okay in those times. I, mean, so I, I want to read to you a, um, this is a little, little uh, poem, but it's like a story. and You might have even heard this before. This is called The Cookie Thief. I love this little story. A, a woman was waiting at, a, at an airport one night was several long hours before her flight. She hunted for a book in the airport shop, bought a bag of cookies and found a place to drop. She was engrossed in her book but happened to see that the man beside her, as bold as could be, grabbed a cookie or two from the bag between, which she tried to ignore to avoid a scene. She read, munched cookies and watched the clock as the gutsy cookie thief diminished her stock. She was getting more irritated as the minutes ticked by, thinking, If I wasn't so nice, I'd blacken his eye. With each cookie she took, he took one too. When only one was left, she wondered what to do. With a smile on his face and a nervous laugh, he took the last cookie and broke it in half. He offered her half as he ate the other, and she snatched it from him and thought, oh, brother, this guy has some nerve and he's so rude. Why, he didn't even show any gratitude. She'd never known when she'd been so galled and sighed with relief when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings, headed for the gate, refusing to look back at that thieving, ingrate or ungracious person. She boarded the plane and sank in her seat, then sought her book, which was almost complete. As she reached in her baggage, she gasped with surprise, there was her bag of cookies. In front of her eyes. If mine were here, she moaned with despair that the others were his, and he tried to share. Too late to apologize, she realized with grief that she was the rude one, the ingrate, the thief. You know, isn't that true that we don't know what's inside of us? And, you know, friends, Sometimes we think we're doing okay, but we're not necessarily 100% okay because we're not perfect. You're not perfect. You're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. I'm definitely a work in progress. Just ask this lovely lady over here. She'll tell you she's working on me and God is working on me. So it's it's okay to not, it's okay, that lady thought she was doing fine, but she discovered that there were things in her that weren't really right. And it's okay to not be okay. I want to tell you why. Because when you're not okay, God is okay. He is okay. He's better than okay. He is perfect. God, He is wonderful. He has everything that you need. The second reason why it's okay to not be okay is because I know that I can be healed, that I can get better in my life. I don't need to resolve myself to being a failure all my life or being broken in some particular way all my life or being poor all my life or being sick all my life or being you know having these bad attitudes all my life i know i can get better i love this in john chapter five it's a story of the healing of the man at the pool called bethesda and jesus came into this place one day and there was many people all around this pool you know the story how it says that you know once a year the the water seemed, or as the, as the story told, the water seemed to move. And if someone got in there first, they would be healed. So they believed at the time. So there was a man there that couldn't couldn't get there to the water. And Jesus reached out and healed that guy. He healed him. And then it says that Jesus quickly moved, moved out because there was a big crowd in that place. He quickly left. And so uh, later on, this guy... Was found himself uh, being interviewed by all the religious leaders, and it happened to be like it happened to be the Sabbath day. I mean, I think Jesus deliberately did these things on the Sabbath day, I'm sure he did just to sort of press a point here. And so, it was a Sabbath day, and they see this guy carrying his bedroll, or it's like a little bit of a fold up bed thing. He was carrying it, and he said, Hey, 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 you can't do that on the, it's the Sabbath day. We don't do that on the Sabbath day. Who told you to do? Who told you to do that? And he said, the man who made me well told me, pick up your bedroll and walk and go home. And I just saw that scripture the other day and I thought, you know what, Jesus is going to make you well. And no matter what the problem is, no matter what the issue is, he's here to make you well today. The man who made me well told me. Take your bedroll and start, start walking. The third reason why it's okay to not be okay is that when I recognize that I need help, that's the first step to being helped. It's the first step. So, you know, yeah, God bless you. It's <laughs> I hope you're doing well. I really hope you are doing well. But if you're not, then that's okay. We, we want to, you know, God wants to help you. He wants to pour out his life and his grace in your heart. You know, we spend so much of our lives trying to convince others that we're actually doing okay, but at its core, it's really only pride that we need to appear better than we actually are for some reason or other. You know, we have the curated social media image. You know, we spend so much time getting the right shot. You know, I'm because I'm a bit involved with cameras. You know, I probably spend a bit of time with that too. But you know, you know, you take uh, take a selfie, then nah, take another one, nah, take another one. We keep. We try and get the right image to put on our social media. I know no one here would do that, but I, I was thinking of someone else that I know, actually. No one here. But I want you to know today, friends, that perfection is an illusion. It is. It's, so if you think that the wheels you know, are falling off in your life, then that's okay. Come to Jesus. He is going to help you. he's going to restore you. How do you get put together when everything's falling apart? Well, I tell you, friend, it's so important today to get a hold of this. And, you know, even Humpty Dumpty couldn't get put back together. All the king's horses, all the king's men, they couldn't even do it. All the resources of the king couldn't put him back. But God can put you together. God can put you together again. What does it say up there, Paul? Going back a little bit. Yeah, everything's falling apart. God, put me together again with your word. Put me together again with your word. God's word is comfort when you need it. It's comfort when you need it. It's encouragement when you're discouraged. His word is boundaries when your life is out of control. It guides you when you can't see a way through. God's word gives you a reason to believe and shows you what to believe in. It brings healing to your heart. It's life-giving. You know, that list could go on and on about God's Word, what it does. Healing, it puts us together when everything is falling apart. The very next verse, he says, My life is as close as my own hands, but I don't forget what you have revealed. The wicked do their best to throw me off track, but I don't swerve an inch from your course. And what, what he's talking about here is, in the previous little section, he was His life was a bit of a mess. Now, he's actually in real danger. My life is as close as my own hands. Now, a lot of people believe that King David wrote this. Now, over a long period of time, actually wrote this. So it's a bit of a chronicle of his life. But when he says, my life is as close as my own hands, he's saying, I'm in real danger here. I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this day. He's in real danger, but it drives him closer to God's words because they are the rock solid foundation of his life and i want to share with you a scripture today that has been so uh influential in my life and and just helped me so much over the years it's it's very encouraging but it's also quite challenging today and psalm 127 says this uh, if god doesn't build a build the house the builders only build shacks if god doesn't guard the city the night watchman might as well nap now this two sort of sections there, but we're only really going to talk about the second one, about guarding the city. Because right now, you know what? Our city needs some guarding. Our, Our city and, in fact, the whole world has a problem with a pandemic, with a disease that's killing people, that's destroying lives, that's causing all sorts of grief all around. So here's a question. It says, if God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. Now, does that mean... That if God is guarding the city, you don't need a night watchman. What does it does it mean that? I know that's probably a rhetorical question in a sense, but you could someone could say, well, well, you can't have it both ways. Either God's guarding the city or we're gonna set guards around the city, you know? And look, this came from in the in the military, you know, if they had a, a platoon or a company of you know, soldiers that are out on, a, on an expedition or on some mission, you know, they would just sleep in the open fields wherever they were at the time, but they'd always set a guard, set a watchman around, a patrol around the outside, of the perimeter, just keep an eye on things, see, everything was okay, that's, that's where it comes from. So, you know, if, if God is guarding the city, do we need a night watchman? That's the question. And someone could say, you can't have it both ways, either God is guarding you or he's not. I want to tell you, friends, this morning, that you can have it both ways. Not only can you have it both ways, but you must have it both ways, I believe. We, we must. Because God is absolute and he's, he's watching over us and he is protecting you. But at no time does he ever say, don't take basic human protections. He never says that at any time. Someone's always going to say, you know, if, if God is protecting you, you don't need anything else. And whatever, you, whatever else you do, that means it just shows you're not acting in faith. You're not trusting God. Someone's always going to say that to you. And I want to challenge some of that thinking because I think it's a distortion today. And I've come across this many times in my lifetime. I don't want to be too sort of specific here. Or, uh, I'm not trying to criticize anyone else's theology necessarily what i'm trying to do is come back to the the balance and the basic of god's word because i want to tell you friends this is not a problem to be solved and what i'm talking about here this is this goes this affects a lot of things in our life wherever the supernatural power of god comes to work in us this this comes this is comes to bear what this principle i'm talking about here it's not a problem to be solved it's a tension to be managed we have to manage the tension between. God's supernatural help and my practical everyday living, which He expects me to implement as well. Now, for example, if that wasn't true, if that wasn't the case, then for goodness sake, don't lock your car up when you go down the street. Don't lock your house at night. Don't wear seatbelts in your car. Don't take medications. Whatever you do, don't get vaccinated against the virus. Well you I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean sorry, I wasn't planning to say that. Genuinely was not. But what I'm saying is this is a a tension to be managed here, you know. And so the person who says, if you are trusting God, you don't need to do anything practical yourself. That's probably the same person that's going to tell you, well, over there, there's water. Why don't you just go and walk on that water over there? You know, Jesus walked on the water. Peter walked on the water. You can walk on water. Just go and walk on the water. What they forget to tell you is that Peter, had, we're not going to talk about why Jesus walked on the water. He, he can do whatever he wants. But Peter walked on the water because he had a specific word from God. Jesus said, come, Peter, come to me on the water. And he came and he walked on the water. And in that situation, you can do exactly the same and I can do exactly the same. But if there's a big puddle of water out there and I raced out now just to prove, I'm going to prove to you you know, I have the power of God in my life. Just come and watch me walk on this water. If I did that, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to, it's, it's about my ego. I am trying to prove a point about how much faith I've got. And it ends up being more about my ego than about actually trusting in God at the end of the day. Does that make sense? I, I hope that's not too harsh what I'm saying, but I, that, that is actually the reality, friends. And Jesus said to the religious people, Quoting Deuteronomy, I think it is. You know, sorry, sorry. He said to the devil when the devil was tempting him, he said, "You shall do not put the Lord your God to a foolish test." And and we we are under the same obligation, friends. Don't put God to a foolish test. Okay. Um. Let's leave that. It's so relevant right now. Because sometimes we can we can feel squeezed on all sides. You know, um, I've got some people over here that are, that are um, uh, so full of fear, that are, that are, you know, basically peddling fear and saying to me, you know, just don't, don't go out. You know, you're going to get hurt by this virus or something like that. I've got other people over here saying, um, you know, oh, it's nothing. The virus is nothing. Just put your trust in God. You know, I don't wear a mask because God will protect me. You know, both extremes are wrong okay, because, because God will protect you. He is your ultimate and absolute protection. But he also says, take practical methods, take practical measures, whatever, whatever you can, whenever you can. And, and I was actually thinking about this, friends, and I, I, I won't take any more time on this subject, but, you know, if everything we did that involved the supernatural, or every, everything in our lifetime was only supernatural, I actually think we'd become quite weird over time, and life would unravel, you know, a thing... We, we wouldn't be able to relate to one another properly. There's a, there's a natural level and there's a supernatural level and we have to get the balance right. So let's move on. God is your ultimate protector and he expects us to use common sense protections at a human level. Friends, that applies to our health, our employment, uh, finding your life's partner. That's a, that's a good one. Um, all kinds of other things where we need God to intervene and help us in our lifetime. And the last thing is coming back up, We're on the way up again here. And it says in verse 111, I inherited your book on living. It's mine forever. What a gift. And how happy it makes me. I concentrate on doing exactly what you say. I always have and always will. And it's just amazing where he talks here about the word of God being an inheritance for us. Something that we would really treasure and and value you know, some people uh, would focus on a material inheritance, and you know, maybe maybe that's okay. But it's very easy to focus on those things. But I want I want to tell you that, you know, God's word, the greatest inheritance of all, that you can have, that you can receive, and also that you can give, is the word of God. That's why that's why we started doing this with our with our kids. You know, trying to get this the word of God. In, in their hearts, you know, when they were young. And so um, loving God's Word, it's a gift to us. What a, what a gift. What a gift and how happy it makes me. I, I want us to have that kind of attitude towards God's Word, that we'll see it as a gift, as a blessing, as just a wonderful thing uh, that God has given us. Um, that's, that's amazing. Can we have our, our um, creative team to come back up again, please? You know, so life is a roller coaster. It has ups and it has downs. And then, you know, you can come back up again um, after that. But I I just want to say to you this morning, friends, keep your eyes fixed on what God says, on His Word, and let His Word guide you in every situation. If your world is falling apart today, you know, we can pray, and we we will pray, and we'll believe God for His divine supernatural intervention in your life right now um but it's god's word that finally puts us together you know you don't have to be like humpty dumpty couldn't get put back together again god's word finally and ultimately puts us together again in him can we pray thank you lord god hallelujah lord i want to thank you for your word to our hearts today that is so precious. It's an inheritance. It's a heritage. What a gift. What a gift we have from you for your word today. It is so precious. It's so valuable. We love your word today. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll just work that into our hearts this morning. That we'll be... Fill with your love, Fill with your goodness, Fill with your grace, Fill with your power and having authority over every strategy of darkness, everything the enemy tries to bring against us, because we know that your word is in our heart. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Can we um, just stand up this morning, folks, and I'm going to begin to sing that song.